It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, July 16th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Many matters of business to get into, Jay Book. Let's start with your confidence level in Ohio State's 2021 defense. You being a former college football player yourself on the defensive side of the ball, a defensive back at Ohio University. Talk to me about your confidence level in Ohio State's 2021 defense and your confidence level in Kerry Combs as a D coordinator. Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven right now. And I truly believe that they're going to be able to get this situation turned around from last year. Obviously the deck was stacked against them when it came to on and off and uh, where they're going to play, not play because of the big 10, not being able to get their act together. And also with Kerry Combs coming in as a defensive coach for the first time as a coordinator, implementing his defense he did not get the adequate on the field time so I think with a full offseason a full spring now they're going to have a full um, fall camp I truly believe that the defense will be playing at a much higher level will it be a top 10 top 15 defense Um, I'm not sure I think they definitely have the potential to be um, a top 15 to lead the big 10 in defense this year the talent is obviously there so I have confidence in Kerry Cone that he's going to write this ship. If he doesn't, I truly believe that there's going to be uh, some type of issues that needs to be addressed immediately with Ryan Day and that coaching staff, because that tells me they're not putting the players in the best position to play. But overall, I think this defense has a lot of talent. I think it has a lot of guys who are hungry to make a name for themselves because there's been a, a bottleneck of talent on that defensive side of the football that hasn't been able to show their stuff because of veterans that were ahead of them. So the now is the time for them to shine. I believe uh, you're going to see a lot of names that a lot of people haven't heard of start to become household names here at Ohio State this season. Yeah, and you hit on this a little bit. I mean, it's arbitrary. Like when you look at, there's not like an exact number they need to hit as far as being total defense in the country they sure as heck can't be 56th in the country in total defense like they were last year if they're going to win the national title you know I I think they need to get around 20th I think you hit on this they don't need to necessarily be a top 10 defense top 15 but if they're around 20th 25th maybe 30th at the worst in total defense in the country I I think that's the makings of a national championship team because of how good this offense is going to be yeah and the the Biggest concern and the biggest turnaround is the pass defense. You cannot be in the bottom 1% of pass defense in all of college football. That's just totally unacceptable. Ohio State, they're going to be 
nasty up front on the defensive line. You look at the talent that they have coming back and the talent that they're bringing in with the young freshmen. That defensive front is going to be hell on wheels. The question that everyone is going to be asking is how would that secondary hold up? Uh, you had a you had a very bad year when it came to the secondary. So Ryan Day made some changes in the offseason. I think uh, giving Kerry Combs some more help back there is really going to pay dividends. Ryan Day feels real confident in the hires and the moves that he's made on the back end of the football. We're going to see if that if that pays out, because I think it can. But that's going to be the biggest area that has to be addressed is the secondary, because the Big Ten is no longer going to be I formation, line up with a fullback and pound the football. As you see with, you know, Maryland and Indiana, teams are going to spread the football around. You're going to see Penn State doing it with Mike Yersich, who was over at Ohio State and at Texas. He's going to be calling the plays of Penn State. So they're look they're going to be looking to open things up. So no longer are you going to get those three yards in a cloud of dust type of defense. So you're going to have to be able to have a secondary that can hold up. Not saying that the Big Ten is going to be the air raid or anything, but they will spread you out, make you go from sideline to sidelines to cover ground. And if you can't do that in the secondary, you will get exposed like they did last year. But I think this year they will bounce back. They will have a, a much better secondary, especially on the back end as safety. I think that having the the safety position secure with Latham Ransom and Josh Proctor will play dividends because you have two guys back there with a lot of game experience that's going to be able to help call a defense. One of the things that really helped Jeff Halfley's defense, and a lot of people always talk about the corners, was the play of Jordan Fuller. Jordan Fuller was like the captain of the defense back there. He he got those guys set in the secondary, and his game experience and his leadership in the back end was it was uncanny and to be able to have potentially two guys back there who's going to be able to provide that type of leadership will really help those younger guys out you know man I keep forgetting Mike Yersich is going to be the offensive coordinator at Penn State like you mentioned that I'm like oh yeah like that's like about the 12th time somebody's like mentioned that over the last like few months and I'm like how do I keep forgetting about that? I mean, we're used to like, college football coaches bouncing around assistant coaches, but, you know, our guy's been at Oklahoma State, then Ohio State in 2019, and Texas last year, now Penn State this coming year. And for the listeners that don't know, the reason Yurcich didn't stick at Ohio State is because he did not get along with the rest of the staff. The staff there just wasn't uh, – that did not mesh very well. Let's just put it like that. And, and like, sticking with the defense, Jay Book um, – and you touched on this. I just want you to elaborate on this. Obviously, you think um, you know the DBs are a bigger concern than the linebackers. I think that's that was my question. Like, what's a bigger concern, linebackers or defensive backs? Sounds like you're you're saying the DBs are a biggest concern. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I definitely believe the defensive back is a much bigger bigger concern than the linebackers. The linebackers, even though you know you had your veteran guys up there uh, with you know, Tough Borland and some of those guys and Baron Brownie who played a significant amount of football. I truly believe this next wave of guys will be more athletic. They'll be more explosive. They'll be faster sideline to sideline. They're going to be covered up um, up front by a very talented defensive line, which is going to allow them to run free. So I'm not concerned about the linebackers at all. I think Al Washington, Al Washington will definitely have them playing at a high level. I truly believe Taraja Mitchell is poised to 
to be a breakout. I know we've said that for uh, numerous years, but you see the way he was flying around in the spring game. He looked like he's ready to take his game to the next level and be a, a heck of a all Big Ten type of linebacker. The secondary, they just gave up too many busts, too many busted plays on the back end, too many deep balls, um, chunk plays, giving up third and longs, too many penalties. Uh, poor technique, giving up inside leverage when it's obvious the wide receiver can only one run can only run one route, which is a slant route. Especially when you look at their alignment compared to where they're at on the field to the sidelines, and it was just basic fundamental things that you saw mental breakdowns in that secondary last year. So to me, they have to definitely get that cleaned up, get it, get that situation to where. They're playing at a high level. They're competing. Um, one of the things that we saw that drove me crazy, and I'm sure it drove our message board crazy, is the inability to find the football. Getting your head around to find the ball was something that they absolutely struggled with. It was, it was an issue in the past, and then Jeff Halfley came in and fixed it, and you were seeing a lot of the DBs getting their hands on the football, and they were making plays on the ball. And then last year, uh, we were back in the same situation where you were seeing guys not finding the football, getting called for pass interference, wide receivers just going up over top of their back, over top of their head, getting uh, chunk passes on top of them. So I'm curious to see about that. I understand that each coach has their type of um, technique that they like to teach. Some, some uh, just getting technical here, some coaches like to teach – you play through the football, meaning that when the ball is in the air, you're reading the eyes of the wide receiver. And as the wide receiver is looking up, then you start to punch through to try to knock the football out. Well, when you play that technique, it, it can work if you're doing it efficient, but you're not necessarily finding the football. You're not getting your head around to make plays on the ball. Other Defensive back coaches like Jeff Halfley and Chris Ash, they wanted you to jump the route. So if, if you see that the ball's out of the quarterback's hand and you see where it's going, uh, jump the route. And you saw a lot more turnovers. The problem with that, which a lot of people will argue, is you're you're susceptible to giving up the big plays. And I will make the argument, well, we were playing the, the technique under Kerry Combs where you were trying to play the eyes, then play the ball. And that's supposed to be the technique to limit the big plays because you're you're not getting lost in your face by following the football. But I would make the argument is they still were giving up huge plays. So to me, i rather my defensive backs try to get their head around, find the football, make a play on the ball, and try to get some hands on it. But it, it, either technique that they decide to play this year I just hope that all the fundamentals are cleaned up. Man, that was some great stuff right there. They're fantastic insights. <laughs> Listeners might want to just, you know, rewind that and just like hear all of that again. A uh, few more things to get into. Um, so death taxes and Larry Johnson fielding a great defensive line at Ohio State, the three certainties of life. You mentioned it a little earlier. You called it hell on wheels, the Buckeyes defensive line this year i mean it's like the same thing as always man i mean they're not just top heavy they're extremely talented they're deep i can't wait to see this d line it's not just going to be the strength of the defense it's going to be one of the best defensive lines in the country absolutely 
I'm, I'm excited to see what Haskell Garrett can do. Um, he had a breakout year, really put his name on the big stage. PFF has him graded as the number one interior lineman in college football. I know there's a lot of mock drafts out there that has Zach Harrison going in the first round, which is unbelievable to me, but they're looking at him having a potential breakout year. And the time is now for Tyreek Smith. He really showed what he can do playing at a high level in that game against Clemson. He missed the national championship because of COVID, but Tyreek Smith, the, the clock is ticking on him. This is his opportunity to really show that he is an elite pass rusher. He has to go get paid. Go get paid um, and make yourself a name in the NFL. And How do you do that? You have to have a breakout year this year if he wants to get drafted very high. So the defensive line, they're stacked. They're stacked. You're going to see the Rushman package with Jack Sawyer coming in and JT also in there in the mix as well. So you, you have a bevy of options that you can use mix-matching that defensive line. But Larry Johnson, um, you know, he he's probably – any. it doesn't matter what defensive coordinator you bring in. If you got Larry Johnson on your coaching staff, you're going to be confident that that unit is going to play at a high level. They're going to be a strength um, and not a liability. So once again, that, that defensive line is projected to have a monster year. I'm I'm curious to see what some of these younger guys are going to do on the defensive line because I think that's where they can take it to the next level. They're going to be good, but if you start getting um, if you start getting a lot of minutes from your from your younger guys and they're causing a lot of problems, that's when you take that next step to elite. All right, let's move to the offensive side of the ball for a change here. All right, let's assume, and this is not a massive assumption, that Matt Jones is going to be one of the starting guards. I think that's like almost a sure thing. But he has repped at center, you know, just in case they need him at center. But, I, you know, I think as well as he played last year as a third-year sophomore, now going into his fourth year, I, I think he's just a lock to be one of the starting guards along with Paris Johnson. For the sake of argument, let's say the starting center job is down to Harry Miller and Luke Whippler. For a while, man, I thought like it was just Harry Miller and that was it. Like that was going to be Harry, Harry Miller's job and maybe it will be, you know, but Luke Whippler got a lot of first team reps in the spring and looked good. What are your thoughts there? Do you think it's Harry Miller's job period? Or do you think that might be a pretty good battle there between Miller and Whippler? I think it's going to be a really good battle. I had someone um, close to the program tell me that Luke Whippler was a, he's a potential all big 10 type of center. I know they really like Harry Miller. He's, He's a guy that has been in the program for a while now. He is a monster. If you see pictures of him next to Billy Price, he is huge. So I think um, both guys are going to compete at a high level. Whippler was one of the top 24-7 centers, if not the top center, if I'm not mis mistaken, in the composite. So he's coming in highly regarded high school center. And the thing that they really like about him is how nasty and how tough he is. He's a New Jersey guy that comes in there and he plays like a junkyard dog and they like that out of him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he absolutely pushes um, Harry Miller here. I do think Harry Miller has to nod right now. Um, I think he's going to get the first crack at the bat, but I think it's going to be a heck of a, a competition there. But if you're an Ohio State fan, you really have to like the development of the offensive line as well as the amount of talent that is there because they're going to potentially play, you know, they like to play seven to eight guys 
rotate them, especially late in the games, once the games start getting out of hand to help develop them. And that process has worked because Ohio State has shown that they have talent. If you remember the Michigan State game where a lot of guys were missing and they moved Harry Miller to center, he didn't look very, very good. But the thing that most impressed me was you had that second unit of an offensive line in there, and they absolutely just dominated Michigan State. So to me, I think you have to be very confident, very hopeful that they're going to be able to jail and get everyone together. If it's going to be Harry Miller, I know a lot of people's first thing they're going to say is make sure he gets the snaps and the, the um, handle of the football and the shotgun snaps taken care of because it was a mess the last time we saw him at center. But I, I truly believe he's going to get the first crack at bat, but he's going to definitely get pushed. All right, last thing, my man. Let's finish with some recruiting. A very open-ended question for you, Jay Book. What recruits are you kind of keeping a close eye on right now, whether it's the 2022 class, 2023? What kind of rec- what recruits are you kind of keeping a close eye on right now? Yeah, I have I have about three guys that I'm I'm looking at. I think um Eni White, the, the def- highly regarded defensive end out of Pennsylvania, he's one to keep an eye on. I know a lot of people believe that Ohio State is the leader right now. At one time, it, it seemed like it was trending towards him going to the SEC. The Georgia board where Rusty Manziel over there has said that uh, he believes Ohio State is the leader and uh, Georgia's not going to get him. They were projecting that it would be an Ohio State versus Alabama battle. Some people now believe that Alabama is fading. They've just signed a, uh, a edge rusher, the, the number one five-star in 24-7 this past week or um, he committed, rather saying. So I think if Ohio State can get him, you're getting another proficient, highly regarded edge rusher for Larry Johnson to put in his war chest. You're talking about a 6'6", 230 guy. The question that a lot of people are asking is, does he want to play defense him or does he want to play a linebacker? From what I've been told, the conversation is simple. Come play for Larry Johnson. You you're going to grow into the defensive end position. That's that's the reality. You're 6'6", 230 right now going into your senior year. Once you get into the weight room program, you're going to put on weight. Being a linebacker in the 3-4, you're, you're very – with your length, you're going to be hard to – it's going to be hard for you to maintain your leverage. So use that speed. Use that explosive first step and get off the football – and be a premier pass rusher where you can make a lot of money in the future. And why not have Larry Johnson be the one who mentors you? And I think that with the 2023 class, I would not be surprised if five-star A.J. Harris is the first one to commit to Ohio State. There's a lot of smoke that he's going to be at the barbecue coming up with the recruits. Um, I know his his family, they're very uh, in tune with Kerry Combs, they're very they're very big on Ohio State, and a lot of the scuttlebug amongst the recruits is AJ Harris could potentially be the first 2023 commit, and if that's true, then you're talking about a tremendous boom off bat to get that st- that class started. Great stuff from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thank you all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.